0: A podcast one production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. And on this episode, we're looking at the six lifestyle hacks to build our resilience and protect us from viruses. We don't know what's around the corner. And look, getting sick just isn't great, no matter whether we are talking about, you know, really scary stuff like COVID-19 or the common cold. It just got myself and Adam thinking, and we got a lot of questions from you guys what can I do to build up my resilience? How can I change my lifestyle to help me fight off anything that's around the corner? So thank you for your questions that you send through. The email is healthhacker@themanshake.com.au or jump on Adam's website, themanshake.com.au, get in touch with him. He's always sending out prize packs to people and on his manshake socials, Adam the top six lifestyle hacks to protect us from viruses. This episode, I am excited.
1: Yeah, I'm excited too because um, you know we take for granted our health, and I think something like this is really thrust into the limelight just how sick we are as a society in general. Alex, you know, when you have a look at you know COVID-19, for example, as case in point. Um, it's discriminating it, it really is discriminating against people that don't have great health. Um, people you know who are most likely to die are what they're fat unfortunately they're obese um, they're overweight. Um, they've got type 2 diabetes um, you know they've got hypertension so all these diseases which are preventable largely um, based on poor lifestyle choices which have put people in these positions because of our modern lifestyles too much fast food, too much sugar. Um, not enough exercise, poor sleep, too much stress. Um, these things have just been piling on top of one another. It's a perfect storm. Something like this has come along, with this virus, as we touched upon in the, the last episode. There's 400 trillion viruses inside or outside our bodies at any one time hitching along for a free ride, waiting for our immune systems to go offline so they can attack us. And, um, you know, the the perfect environment, which creates the perfect storm for these sort of viruses to hijack our body, are poor lifestyle choices. So the great thing is though, Alex, there's plenty we can do about this to reverse it.
0: Adam, just to point out, we are not giving you medical advice. This is just general advice based on the research we've looked into, but hopefully it just helps you live a healthier and better life anyway, outside of, you know, being sick.
1: Yeah, look, the advice we're giving, Alex, is educational. And, you know, we need all the education we can get because there's 350,000 viruses out there that affect mammals and we only know 1% about these viruses. So we're all in this together. We're all trying to learn more about what works and what doesn't work when it comes to protecting ourselves against viruses. And that includes the researchers like me. That includes the doctors, the professors, um, you know, the nutritionists, the doctors, whatever you may be, just the average Joe, um, you know, really take, taking a stance and, and trying to improve your health and, and, and pass on the learnings that you're learning whilst in the trenches every single day to keep yourself healthy.
0: Adam, let's start with the hacks. What's number one?
1: Yeah, well, I like to have my six S's, as I like to call them. And uh, my first S is actually sleep. Um, you know, if there's anything we can do out there, and it's always really hard to get people to sleep because, you know, we're such type A personalities in society today that we feel like we've got to be doing something to get, you know, a benefit from it. But if you could just simply get better sleep and prioritize our sleep um, consistently, this will be the most important thing that you can do to boost your immune system. Um, it boosts our T cells, um, which are the cells which help fight off infection in the body, um, and, you know, research upon research has shown, um, you know, that, you know, just one poor night of sleep, um, can deplete the body's natural T cell production by up to 70%, 70%, Alex. So wow. if you have one bad night of sleep, your susceptibility to getting sick the next day is 70% greater. And the reason this is Alex is people have got to understand that when they are sleep deprived, your body goes into the fight or flight response. It starts to pump out the stress hormones like cortisol which will help keep you awake and alert. Um, And this suppresses your immune system. So, you know, amazingly a study in 2015, um, published in the Journal of Sleep, don't you love that? The Journal of Sleep, what a great (laughs) name. (laughs) Found that people who got the recommended seven, eight hours of shut eye were four times less likely to come down with a cold and flu than those who clocked less than six hours of sleep. So four times less likely, Alex. So just putting your head on the pillow and getting a good night's sleep is so important. Now in previous episodes, if you go back and listen to them, we've done some great hacks on how to sleep better, But just some of the simple ones we can share now are, for example, getting out into the sun early. Now, this is a hack that we'll talk about also to strengthen your immune system. But the circadian clocks in our body, which basically dictate how our bodies function on a 24-hour period, are really reset first thing in the morning when we expose ourselves to sunlight. So making sure that you're not getting on your screen first thing in the morning, looking at your mobile phone, looking at a TV or getting on your computer, get outside or at least get to a window and look at the sun and try and get some sun on your skin to tell the body that it's ready to start the day. So then at night, you'll get tired and you'll fall asleep more quickly. We know not to eat too close to bed at least two to three hours before we go to sleep, Alex, because you want the body... Body to be in a rest and recovery state we don't want it to be in a state where it's really working itself over to try and petition calories um, throughout the body and digest food. So making sure we don't eat too close to bed, making sure that we haven't drank too much coffee too late at night, making sure that our rooms are like a bat cave, so they're dark, they're nice and cool. Um, you know, Putting some you know socks on your feet will help you fall asleep much faster and get a better night's sleep. So there's plenty of hacks we can share with you on the previous episodes, Alex, that will help you get a great night's sleep.
0: I love the bat cave analogy, by the way. That's a really good, good way of thinking of it, because I've always got some little device on or something on that's got a light and I think oh, I'd be fine and then I fall asleep, but I wake up in the morning and think, I think my brain was focusing on that light all night. So it's a good one. I like the back cave. I'm going to use that.
1: <laughs> What's the second S? Manage the stress. You know, there's a strong link between your immune health and your mental health. So this is something that's really prevalent in society, particularly with COVID 19, really changing our lifestyles and the uncertainty around COVID 19 just. That in itself is creating a lot of mental angst amongst a lot of people, Alex. Um, Our futures are uncertain as human beings. You know, we really get a lot of comfort around certainty. um, And we don't have certainty in in our lives at the moment. So it's very, very stressful at the moment for everybody. So chronic stress or anxiety, which, you know, is another way of labeling it, um, makes your body once again produce these stress hormones that suppress your immune system. So research, for example, Alex done at Carnegie Mellon University found that people who are stressed are four times more susceptible to developing the common cold. So it's very, very, you know, serious stress. It, it really decays the body slowly. It really makes it weak and it's acceptable to getting these diseases. So you just you got to make sure that, you know, we aren't, you know, sweating the small stuff as such. And we're trying to focus on things that are positive in our lives. And I know in this time, it's really hard to focus on the positives, but an attitude of gratitude, which we've spoken about also in previous episodes on how to be happy, how to hack your way to happiness. There's some great tips in there, but my favorite one, Alex, is just being focused on gratitude. So every single morning before I start the day and every single night before I go to bed, I actually write down three things that I'm grateful for, and it really puts me in the positive mindset. And then when I go to sleep, I'm then dreaming about positive things. So therefore, I'm having a positive night's sleep as well,
0: Alex. That's going to play so perfectly back into the first S, which is your sleep. If you're going to bed anxious without even realizing it, then you're going to have a bad night's sleep.
1: And, you know, we always use the uh, term in society misery likes company. And unfortunately, these bad lifestyle choices you make enjoy company as well. So, for example, people who are stressed are much less likely to pay attention to other healthy habits like eating right, getting enough sleep. And these things, as we've just touched upon, really negatively affect our immunity. So, you know, one bad habit leads to another, unfortunately.
0: You hear about it all the time stress eating, yeah?
1: stress eating is a huge thing. And, and you know, most women in actual fact, you know, are overweight um, as a result of stress eating. Um, you know, men are a little bit different. Men uh, have what we call portion distortion, but they get stressed and they, they will just, you know, overeat. But women look for comfort in food because we know that food has a hormonal response. It also um, affects, um, you know, our serotonin levels. It affects our new neurotransmitters, which actually uh, are the chemical uh, pathways to making us feel certain emotions, particularly happiness and joy. So, you know, women are smart in the sense that they understand that food, can be very soothing. So when we are stressed, we want to get that sense of, of comfort. And many people are reaching into a bag of chips or a chocolate bar, unfortunately. So they need to instead look for, for things like um, relaxation exercises. Like we know that yoga is something that's fantastic. A lot of people you know, don't feel like they can do yoga, aren't comfortable. There's plenty of apps out there or just YouTube. Um, but meditation, once again, is something else that's been scientifically proven time and time again. And we've spoken about that on podcasts. Um, but positive thinking, which we alluded to earlier, um, but just finding something that works for you, you know, just simply going out into the into the natural environment has been proven to to really reduce stress. Um, talking to a friend, um, you know, just finding something you enjoy doing to de-stress, whether it's painting, whether it's, you know, colouring in, um, whether it's doing a, a, um, a puzzle or a jigsaw. Um, there's so many different ways that we can find outlets to actually switch our brains off and actually de-stress.
0: I think that's such a nice thing as well is sometimes I think doing activities like that, it like things for kids, but they're actually just a great way to switch our brain off. Like they have adult coloring in books. Or if you have a kid or you just wanted to play Lego, don't be embarrassed. What a great way to turn your mind off. Or if you wanted to play video games or you wanted to just draw, I think don't be, I suppose, judgmental of that because it thinks what kids will do. Just enjoy it. I mean, we're all at home, locked down anyway. No one's going to know. Well, no one's
1: going to know. And, and, you know, I'm in the process of writing my next book and, you know, I've been speaking to... um. A lot of different people who are, who are specialists, uh, neurologists and, and people that, you know, focus on, on the brain. And one of the statistics which really blew my socks off was the fact that on average, the average human being has between 50 to 70,000 forts in any given day. Um, so our minds, like you said, are just like a train. They're continually on the track, just going, you know, going, going, going. And unfortunately, 90% of them forts are the same forts as the day before and 90% they estimate of these thoughts are actually negative. And so you're saying to yourself that I'm having, you know, between fifty to 70,000 thoughts on any given day, and 90% of these thoughts are the same bloody negative thoughts as the day before. And when you start to think about that and you understand why this is, is because we have what we call in human existence, negative bias, um, because we evolved to survive, not to thrive. So we're here today because we're able to just to survive, um, not thrive as such, you know, be the best. Um, and the reason why we are negatively biased in our in our focus is the fact that, you know, something that was negative, um, like a lion trying to eat you or a poisonous plant, um, remembering that kept you alive. Um, something that, you know, was very enjoyable didn't help you. So your brain only had so much space. Because when you consider the brain weighs 3% of our human body mass, um, yet it uses up to 25% of your daily calories. And cavemen, unfortunately, didn't have a lot of calories, Alex, to keep the brain moving, which is why they estimate that, you know, in any given day, we spend up to 50% of our day daydreaming, you know. And I can attest to that. My wife says, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> when you jump in the car and you get, to, you get to work and you go, how did I get here? Um, it, it's a survival mechanism of our, you know, our, our archaic bodies. Um, you know, trying to be efficient. So burning calories isn't efficient because we didn't have 7-Elevens back in the day on every corner. Food wasn't abundant. So, you know, the the things that provide energy to our body, namely food um, and nutrition, were not abundant. So, you know, understanding how our minds work and the fact that they're always cluttering away in the background with these negative thoughts is very important. And that's why doing these exercises, like breathing, like meditation, or just switching off like you alluded to, Alex, is so important for our stress
0: levels and mental health. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. All right, Adam, what's
1: the next S? The next S is sweat, Alex. Uh, Look, there's compelling evidence once again that physical exercise helps us on so many levels, but when it comes to fighting viruses... What sweating actually does in exercising, it helps the body flush out the bacteria from our lungs and airways. So this causes changes in antibodies and white blood cells, which reduces our chances of getting sick, Alex. So this is very, very important. And our lymphatic system as well, which is really important for our general health and well-being and fighting off illnesses, also move all the the, the, the fluids and the waste throughout our body so they can be removed. So, you know, things like just simply going for a walk, you know, have been proven to really strengthen our immune systems and reduce our chances of getting sick. Um, and like we alluded to earlier, a lot of these things that we're, we're advocating today don't require very long periods of time to actually start to see the benefits. In actual fact, just doing a single session of moderate exercise um, will help boost your your immunity. So it's really, really important just not to put the white flag up and say, oh, well, I'm too fat, I'm too lazy, this is all too hard. No, please trust us that you can just do something as simple as going for a walk for as little as 10 minutes um, and combine it with getting outside um, and, and, you know, really getting the blood moving and, and getting, you know, the lymphatic system moving. One of my favorite hacks, Alex, as you know from my good health, is, is jumping on a trampoline. It's one of the first things I do in the morning when I get up. Um, after I get out and um get some sunlight and and make sure I've hydrated, I then get the body's lymphatic system and and blood pumping by just doing you know a couple of minutes of jumping up and down on the trampoline. I've got one inside with the kids, so I jump and up and down with that with them as well. So um you know it's really, really important that we start to sweat to strengthen our body's immune system. Now, the question I often get, you know, um, is is more exercise better? So this is where it's really interesting when it comes to our immunity as such. We're not trying to break. World records. We're not trying to, you know, train ourselves up to do a marathon because in actual fact high intensity long bouts of exercise have been proven to dampen our immune system, which is why you see a lot of athletes um before Olympic Games or before the final series actually get sick. Um, coming into that competition because they've put their bodies under a lot of stress because exercise at the end of the day is just stress. It's another form of stress. So that's why I advocate to people to to basically self-regulate the intensity of their training, which means if you've had a really bad night's sleep with the kids, you're waking up, or if you had a stressful day at work, don't go out and do CrossFit for God's sake, don't go out and flog yourself. That's when you need to listen to your body and be kind to your body and do a session that's much more forgiving, whether it be yoga, but just go for a nice little brisk walk, um, do some stretching, whatever it may be, some light weights, go for a swim. But whatever you do is that, you know, we don't want to flog ourselves because that will dampen our immune system.
0: I'm so glad you've said that. I really bit myself up and I don't give myself permission to do a light workout, especially if it's been a couple of days. If I'm still a bit sore after doing some weights or some calisthenics, I think I have to you know, I've missed too many days instead of just doing like yoga or doing something. I'm still moving my body. It's still okay. And it's hard to give myself that break. So it's so nice you said that, mate.
1: Well, you know, you know, I love my research and there'll be people out there that are you know, negative in their bias. Um, They'll be saying, oh yeah, sure. Going for a walk, you know, improves your chance of not getting sick. Well, mate, the research doesn't lie. You know, simply raising your body temperature helps kill germs in their track. Now, one of the best studies that supports this is the British Journal of Sports Medicine. And they surveyed, Alex, over a thousand people, right? And these people just, did something in the five days. So whether it was a walk, or whether it was a stretch and, you know, the, the reality was their chance of getting sick actually were reduced by twofold. So, you know, it, it's really interesting that the people that didn't exercise in the other group, you know, were twice as likely to get sick. So just do something, get moving and, um, really, you know, put any virus, um, back in its, in, in its, uh, in its tracks.
0: Especially if you're short on time, it's better to do something than nothing. Like if you think, oh, I can't fit in a whole workout, but if you can just walk maybe a couple extra bus stops instead of getting on the bus, that might be the best thing to do if you can fit it in that way.
1: Well, one of the most consistent things we see amongst Blue Zone populations these are populations where people have uh, lived to over a hundred and and you know have real robust health. Um, they don't just have long lives, um, lifespan. They have health span. You know, which is uh, a big difference. You know, you don't want someone wiping your backside for the last twenty years of your life or carrying yeah. you on their back. Um, you know, you want to be vibrant. You want to be healthy. And they, these people that live in these Blue Zones where they have this great health span, you know, the one thing that is consistent with these people is just general movement. Uh, they don't own uh, gym memberships. They they aren't um, involved in CrossFit or or whatever, or yoga yoga classes, they just get up and move. And and one of the interesting things that they do um, specifically around movement is doing, you know, short little strolls after they eat meals, um, which is really fascinating in itself. So that's a practice that I try to do is after dinner, um, I try to get up and play with the kids, chase them around the house. I try and actually move, not sit back on the lounge, undo the belt buckle and, you know, sit back with Netflix um, because this affects what we call our glucose variability. So your blood sugar levels, you know, are spiked, which increases inflammation, which we know is is, is one of the worst side effects of, of coronavirus. So just going for a short stroll after, you, you know, um, have something to eat after lunch, you know, moving around the office taking a a phone call Um, in the morning, you know, getting up and going for a stroll, getting out into the sun. So, you know, walking is probably one of the best things that you can do when these little bite-sized bits of exercise have actually been proven to be more effective than one big chunk of exercise. Because like we've spoken about before, Alex, one hour of our day is only 4% of our whole day. So you might go and flog yourself in the gym for one hour, but our bodies were never designed just to move in one big burst. You know, we're hunter-gatherers, so we're continuously moving throughout the whole day. And when you understand how the body detoxifies and how blood flow is so important to removing waste and, you know, keeping us nice, healthy, and robust, you understand that constant motion is the most important thing we can do for our health.
0: Okay, Adam, so let's move down the yeses. What's the next one?
1: Well, I want you to shiver, Alex. It's not much fun and I, I won't lie to you.
0: <laughs> oh, no, not cold uh, showers again. Cold showers. Oh, you still I'm got me from episode one. I still feel yeah. guilty about this.
1: I know. And it's tough and it is really hard. I won't lie to you. And it's even harder because when you think we're in this over-aroused state, this fight or flight mode all the time, you really suffer a lot more um, when you try to get Exposed to cold because your body is much more sensitive to it because it's not as robust um, because of the stress of every si- single day has worn us down. So when we get this shock to the system, um, it's very stressful. You know, all stress I- is all about. The dose. So there's a there's a term used called hormatic stress, which means small doses of stress are really good for our bodies. So they say, what doesn't uh, kill you only makes you stronger. Now this is really important with the human race. We've become very comfortable in our way of life. When you think about Alex, you walk into any room these days, and what is it? The temperature's perfectly set at that 21 degrees. You know, so we're never cold, we're never hot. Our bodies have become lazy. So and we've become weak a little bit as well, without being too mean to people, but the reality is we don't know how to suffer anymore. So, you know, shivering is, is very important for the human body. It's something that, you know, as babies, that's why we have two types of fat, brown fat and white fat. And, you know, the brown fat is the fat there that helps us shiver. Um, and as we get older, we, we lose that brown fat. Um, and you know, this brown fat is very metabolic. It serves a number of purposes for our health and well-being, and and for keeping our waistline slim as well. So, you know, that's where having cold showers is really, really, um, Beneficial to our, our, our health, um, and my simple hack here is: you don't need to, you know, do a Wim Hof and jump into the. Arctic and um, you know fill a bar full of ice. You can just simply you know get in the shower, switch on the hot for a minute, and then try and build up to some you know short bursts of cold. So turn the tap to cold for about thirty seconds, um making sure that you know you're putting some of the cold water under your armpits because that will obviously affect the lymphatic system, which I spoke about earlier, which moves around a lot of toxins and waste throughout your body, and just doing this you know four or five times so you know five minutes. And what this is really going to do is it's going to constrict the blood vessels. The cold, so it reduces the flow of blood, and it boosts the number of disease-fighting immune cells in your body. So the cold will really constrict them blood vessels, and the heat opens it back up again. So hot and cold showers are something that we can all do, and um, you know it only takes five minutes of your day.
0: And then. Obviously, anyone lucky enough to live near the coast, get in that ocean if you can, especially in winter, because it'll wake you right up.
1: Yeah, and Alex, it's, it's really interesting. Like, like I alluded to earlier, you don't need sub-zero temperatures to get a benefit from the cold. And, you know, particularly doing contrast, the key's in the contrast, making it sure that it's warm and then it's cool. Now, you know, anywhere from 13 to degrees and below is the ideal temperature so they're saying the sweet spot is between 10 and 13 degrees so a lot of people listening to this are living in climates essentially now i don't advocate going out nude and standing at your neighbor's fence but um know, yeah, for some of us it could be as simple as uh, as getting out there in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt in the morning and going for a walk which is what i do i wear no shoes and um I think most people in Newcastle look at me and think I'm a little bit of a whack job. Uh, and uh, while I'm going for my walk in the morning, I'm walking past people with beanies on and, and puffer jackets, and I'm just sort of strolling up and down on the coastline with uh, no shoes on, a pair of shorts and a Kmart t-shirt, shivering. Um, but I'm sure that it's um, helping my immune system. Well, I hope so, because the suffering's got to be worth something.
0: Okay, Adam, we've got two more S's to go uh, as we shiver our way into this one. Thank God. Sunlight, we're going to warm back up. We've got to warm back up, Alex. And as I alluded to earlier, you know, sunlight
1: is so important on so many levels, everything from helping us sleep, helping to dictate our circadian rhythms, which are really, you know, the premise of good health. And they really provide our bodies with one of the most important hormones, which is vitamin D. It's actually called a vitamin, but it's actually a hormone and vitamin D plays a major role in modulating the innate and adaptive immune responses, which we spoke about last time. So they're really important for slapping that bouncer that guards your body against diseases and viruses entering your body um, by keeping it you know, really pumped up and alert. It's like ca- it's like caffeine for the bouncer at the door that stops these viruses from getting in. And a deficiency in vitamin D has been proven to increase things like autoimmune disease and increase our chances significantly... Um, from contracting viruses in general. So making sure that we're getting out. Sunlight is best. I know there's some people out there that will not be um, as exposed to sunlight. So the best way of um, stopping yourself from um, being deficient in vitamin uh, D would just be to go to a chemist and just buy a simple vitamin D free tablet and taking a couple of thousand units I use of this um, every single day.
0: I've heard this and it's a bit from my grandparents' generation, but it always stuck in my head was cod liver oil was good for this. Is this right?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cod liver oil is, is a good form of vitamin D. So, um, you know, your breath's probably not going to smell too good, Alex. And, um, you know, the dog's not going to want to get too close to you after you have it. But it's certainly something that's very, very good for you. Once again, it also has other benefits outside of the vitamin D, but it is not a wives' style. Vitamin D can be obtained from cod liver oil.
0: On the next episode, we are going to touch further into supplements that you can take to boost your immune system. So, if you want to know more about that, because we've got a lot of questions for you on the Manshake socials, that's on the next episode. But Adam, the last S, let's take us through that.
1: Well, I want you to seed. I want you to seed your gut. Um, it's really, really important that you know we really make this the number one priority when it comes to our immunity is making sure we've got gut health. You know, it's been spoken about time and time again. But yes, seventy percent of our body's immune system are cultivated in our guts. So we really need to make sure that we're eating a a diet that feeds the microbes in your guts, what they need, because these microbes basically tell your immune system what to do. And so the more healthy your microbes are, the stronger your resistance to any type of illness is going to be. So we've spoken about this on previous episodes, that the sort of foods that you should be eating and when it comes to strengthening our guts are uh, foods in particular that have been fermented. So things like, you know, kimchi, sauerkraut, uh, netto, um, some of these exotic foods are, are really, really good for us. We know that eating our greens, foods that are high in fiber, actually are the seeds that actually allow these probiotics in our guts to thrive. So we're trying to really feed our bodies with um, them types of foods as well. Um, foods that are high in, in uh, probiotics naturally, such yogurts are a good one. Kefir is another really um, a good um, option for people that aren't as um, tolerant to lactose. And then, you know, I would basically um, look to avoid sugar, is probably a big one. If you could avoid, you know, anything when it comes to gut health, it's sugar. Um, We know that this um, really cultivates the bad bacteria in our gut, um, which causes an increase in inflammation, which we know COVID 19 really, really thrives on.
0: Adam, when you say sugar, I think straight things like confectionery, you know, or or icebox stuff like that. What about? things that are a bit sort of sneaky, like alcohol, like the sugar in that. I mean, the, the types we should have, or am I avoiding all alcohol for a while? What's going on there?
1: Mate, you're a smart man, Alex. And, and once <laughs> again, you know, alcohol is full of sugar. Um, and it's been proven that it, it impairs your gut flora. Um, and it also attacks you, you know, your body's defenses in, in other ways as well. So, you know, it, it really, um, isn't great for your immune system. We can dampen it down um, and it leaves the drinker at, at a greater risk of, of respiratory illnesses, research has shown, which is really what COVID-19 does. So, you know, it makes you dehydrated, it cultivates the bad bacteria in our guts. So look, everything in moderation, look, a couple of glasses of wine or a couple of beers aren't going to do um, too much damage to your immune system. Um, There's actually some social benefit will actually strengthen your immune system. We know the importance of social connection and whatnot. Um, but going overboard, like anything, being Team Extreme and going on that bender could really leave you susceptible to getting sick.
0: And then Adam... Just to top up on top of my gut health, I know we've done some great episodes about it as well, but there's some other drinks we can take to kind of boost the good things we're already doing, like apple cider vinegar or kefir and things like that. What's your kind of like best little way to like add on top of an already good diet rather than me having to drink liters and liters of probiotics? Yeah,
1: look, there's plenty of herbs and spices. I love herbs and spices. I don't think there's something that we use enough in our diets. You know, I think uh, we're, we're all looking for these, you know, big macronutrients, you know, your proteins and your carbohydrates and your fats and going on Team Extreme diets with the carnivore diet, which focuses on a, on a single macronutrient um, or going, you know, keto, which focuses on a high fat intake. Um, but things like herbs and spices, you know, they've been around forever. Um, and you know, that that are really more valuable than gold, literally. So you look at things like turmeric and ginger, um, you know, there's so many, you know, great, um, herbs and spices out there that, you know, will really strengthen our immune systems, dampen down inflammation. So, you know, I I really believe in diversity when it comes to our diet. I think that's the most important thing that we can do, um, is give our guts, you know, diversity because we know that's what they thrive on. So, you know, focusing on adding more things to your diet is much easier than trying to eliminate things in your diet. So I'd be a person of abundance rather than one of reduction.
0: A person of abundance rather than reduction. Adam, that's why you're the health (laughs) hacker. God, that's a good line. And on the next episode, we're going to go into supplements, and that's something you are going to want to have in abundance. Can't wait to talk to you about it. The top supplements to boost your defense. Can't wait, Alex. And remember, if you have any questions like all the awesome ones we've been getting, email us healthhacker at the manshake.com.au. Jump on the manshake socials or go to Adam's website, manshake.com.au. He's always got prize packs to give away for the ladies and for the men. And we really, really love your questions. It helps us give you episodes that are going to help you every day. Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.